Welcome to Frictionless. Our world is oversaturated with content. And in modern life, conversations have many different contexts and labels that limit free dialogue. I wanted to create something that fixed these problems, somewhere people can speak freely, share their ideas and perspectives on content worth discussing. This is how Frictionless was born. Here, we'll learn and explore humanity through open, authentic dialogue. Conversation is frictionless. In future episodes, expect articles, books, music, and other sources worth consuming linked in the show notes and on our Instagram. In this opening episode, however, let's keep it simple. This is part one of a conversation between Mark Vitales and me. He's a golfer on the Amherst golf team and a pursuer of stimulating conversation. In this episode, we cover morality, golf, and what makes this sport so special? To start, Mark and I discuss frictionless and its goals. Here is our conversation. That's the one dangerous thing is I'm very liable to turn this into a golf podcast, which this is not. No, it, 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 no, this podcast is whoever I'm talking to. Yeah. That's so right. you are a golf human. If it's a golf mm-hmm. podcast for you, it's a golf podcast. Yeah. Right. I'm here. So I get to conversate with cool people mm-hmm. and these conversations, other people can connect with digitally. Right. Just like go into their world. Yeah. I kind of like that. Well, I mean, there's something special about a conversation that connect with someone yeah and it's 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 not there's more than just words right there's also mm-hmm. tone of voice and there's other things that you convey and um just listening to people speak yeah like reading a book <laughs> it's similar because you convey so much it's like so many packets of knowledge flying out in someone's mouth and um i love that yeah packets of knowledge flying out of someone's mouth that is kind of how it goes with me i do feel like it's <laughs> packets of bullshit just flying at your face but that's yeah this is good. This is raspberries and, and twinkle, good. twinkle toes and unicorns. It's really good. <laughs> Mark's on the golf team at Amherst. Um, he's a wildly good golfer. We're really good friends. It's the second time I'm seeing him this summer. Um, I'm looking forward to conversate with him in a frictionless manner. The water running is so peaceful. Dude, yeah, I know. It's, is that an Ophelia drinking, drinking fountain? Yeah. Evolutionarily, she's conditioned to drink running water. So that's why we give to her. No way. Is that actually why you did it? Because if it is, that's like such a sick reason. Yeah, but we'll think about it. Running water is cleaner. I mean, you could also like. Humans do it too. You could also feed her like mice. (laughs) You know, I actually thought about it. Oh, I know. We've all thought about it. I mean, they're like a dollar a piece from PetSmart. (laughs) That that gets into morality, right? Are you feeding or are you killing? Are you creating life or are you eliminating it? Like you're just mediating. Me, right, yeah, you're, you're mediating the processes. Right, okay. You're playing, now you're totally, just, you're just playing God with the mouse. That's what I'm talking <laughs> about. You're just, you're, 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 the, you're, the, you're the Roman emperor looking over his Colosseum where you have yeah. your cat and your mouse and your... Right, so but is it immoral? No, I don't think. Right. I don't think so. I mean, it is, it's not binary. Yeah, okay. Right? Yeah, spectrum so, shit. That's spectrum. an easy answer. I, it's a, here's the thing, it's like... <laughs> It's an easy answer, but it's always the right answer. And I feel like it's, people want some, people yeah. only want binaries for like two reasons. One, it's like, it's simple. It's a lot yeah, simpler. Right, and two, right. you know, you can always sell a hot take. 
yeah. gets more attention, gets people fired right. up. Right. And it, they're they're because it's so rudimentary and it's so like simple, they're def- like defendable. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Because like there's always some truth into it. Yeah. No one likes gray. No one likes gray areas. Yeah. All right. Let's kick it off. So, um, why golf? Why golf? Great question. I always loved sports, especially ball sports. Like, I was never that fast. Never that fast. Couldn't really jump, couldn't really run, couldn't do anything. But I had, like, pretty solid hand-eye always. Like, even when I was, like, two years old, my parents would, like, hand me, like, a a wiffle ball bat. And they would always just be like, damn, like, Mark can always just, like, put put the bat on the ball, put the club on the ball. Okay. And my mom played professional tennis, really good tennis player. Wow. So, so I was stuck into tennis. Played for a while, was like solid, but like I was really young, so it didn't mean that much. But I, would, I was playing like six days a week, seven, eight practices a week. And when I was seven-ish, I was at a tennis camp and I just saw some people, it was at a golf course, and I saw some people on a driving range. And I was like, dang, like, I hate running. I love hitting balls. They're just standing there. They're not chasing them. They're not doing anything. They're not having people trying to juke them out. The ball's just sitting there and you get to hit it. And I was like, mom, like I want, like I want a golf lesson. And she was like, yeah, sure. Like try it. So I got a lesson from a really nice lady there. And then they were like, all right, like you're decent. Like you should start playing some like little us kids tournaments. Those are like the super entry level, like six and under seven year old, eight year old stuff. And I played in them. I was terrible. Like, so bad. Like, there are some kids who, from the eight, from the second they start playing, are, like, winning, shooting good scores. I was not. I was eating shit for a long time. Then I got okay. Kept up tennis. Kept up some other sports. And then took a little break from golf, but mostly that was it. And then I committed fully to golf when I was 12. Really? Yeah. What drove that decision? So, I'll tell you exactly what drove that. It was kind of interesting. So <laughs> I, time, I, place? Like, you I know. I, I 100% now remember <laughs> Uh, so I s- took a break from playing when I was like 10, 11, A, cause I thought my coach was like, well, too tough. He really wasn't. He was just asking very normal things. <laughs> you would ask someone to like be good at a sport. And I was like, no, nah, I don't want to do it. And I also just thought golf was kind of lame. Like I really didn't think it was that cool of right. a sport at all. And you know, that's all 11 year olds care about. Yeah. It's like, oh, how do I look? So I played baseball, still love baseball. Still one of my favorite sports played for like a year and a half, only baseball. And then kids just started the other kids just started developing like so much quicker than me like these like 12 year olds with like stubble and I was like I can't do this it's gonna weigh 80 pounds and they started throwing curveballs and I was like I'm out I'm out but it wasn't it wasn't so much that as it was I watched a documentary on Netflix called the short game you watched it yeah yeah and I watched that and I was like wow like I really want to like that Pinehurst US Kids Worlds tournament looks so cool it's like I really want to play it like what do I need to do to play in it and you had to win your local tour, like the season-long points thing, and shoot one round of 84 or better, which was so lofty. And I was like, yeah. hey, but you know what? Like, I want to get back into it. I want to qualify for this tournament. And I started hitting balls again every single day, signing up for tournaments, and that was kind wow. of what got me back into it. That world still. Yeah, I wanted to play in worlds. Wow. So, so for context, um, I've been <laughs> playing golf for three years now. It yep. was like my love, like actually. Um, I just shot. I just shot under eighty four for the first time, oh, like five days ago. Huge, but th- it, I'm a full human, a college like grown man, college athlete. Like, yeah, no, man. like yeah, and I I just did it after three years, so that's crazy. 
yeah, it felt lofty because in my first, all the tournaments I was playing pre year and a half break were nine hole events. And then I went and played my first 18 hole event with my, with my coach on caddying for me at Eisenhower Park. I don't know if you know Eisenhower no, Park, but it's like, like the second rate group of like public courses, second to like Beth Page. I've got three courses there. And I went out and played the easiest one. She caddied for me and I shot a 96. And I was like, all right, like you got a long way to go for 84. And it was that like grind to like get down to the 84 that kind of like kept me going through it and got me super pumped about it again. So it was, you enjoyed the grind? I enjoyed the grind. Love okay. the grind. That's my favorite part about golf. Is that everything or just golf? Everything. Yeah. Yeah. Other than maybe like academic stuff. Don't love the grind. <laughs> kind of like just showing up and balling out if I get lucky, but no, it's always been best part so do you think golf attracts a certain type of person or at least like the, yeah. the top golfer absolutely you got to be there, there are two kinds of people that really succeed in golf and i'm taking this from the, the Faraday show you ever watch that maybe it's just like golf personality dude david Faraday, yeah, Irish guy i do oh, yes, yeah yes, yes. hilarious went to live so screw him now but yeah i was a huge fan of his and he had phil mickelson on the show and he was like, yeah, two kinds of people do really well in golf. One, super analytical, like really smart, analyzing everything, calculating all the variables, right. and just kind of thinking their way to victory. And the other kind that really succeeds are dudes who are just so, <clears throat> not dumb, but like aloof, that you just stay out of your own way the entire time. Okay. Like you can either, you either have to think your way through every problem, or just take like a back seat, just go with the flow and let whatever happens, happens. That's interesting. So like a Dustin Johnson type guy. Right, right, that makes sense. Yeah. Because there's a flow you feel when you're in yeah. the middle of a round, especially mm -hmm. when you're shooting well. There is, and it's also a matter of like, so much of golf is completely out of your own hands, it's out of your own control. So you kind of just have to either love analyzing variables and whatever hundred things will impact your shot or just be in the mindset of I'm just going to step up there and hit it. Yeah. Who cares? We'll see what happens. So there's a certain level of apathy you need to have, right? Yeah, just absolutely. like indifference. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the, biggest, that's the biggest thing I learned. Like I think that's one thing that separates me from my peers. Like I'm no, I'm not like more physically I mean you are a like, specimen. Yeah, I know. All, all 5'10", 145 pounds of me. <laughs> 12 inch vertical jump but now it's I I feel like I've gotten really good at yeah de emotionally detaching and it's not about not caring it's just about not reacting right yeah you can't emotionally you can't you can't attribute your own wrongdoing to every single outcome you kind of just have to realize like you so cliche hashtag trust the process yeah just gotta go with it what did uh what did Ted Lasso say you have to be, be a goldfish. Yeah, no, John Rom quoted that once. Yeah, I actually Yeah, you got to forget fast. Okay. Now, is there a certain level of confidence that, that helps that or um, kind of drives the, the apathy? You need irrational confidence. You need irrational. ridiculous confidence. Really? Even if, like, like, if you talk to me during a round of golf, I will act and talk to you and treat my shots like I'm the best golfer in the entire world. Like if you, obviously, I don't think I'm the best golfer in the world, nowhere even close. But like if you talk to like my assistant coach who would be like out there with me on every hole or some holes, 
like when we were talking over the shots, like every single shot, like, yeah, like, dude, I'm going to hit this to three feet. Like you seriously don't think I can birdie my last five holes, even though I'm like eight <laughs> over right now. Like, of course I can do it. You just need a, you just need a rational belief and confidence. It's the two, it's, you need to have two things going at once and they really go against each other, which is why it's hard to have them both, but it's irrational confidence in your game and complete belief, but also total indifference to the result, which is <laughs> such a hard thing to do because those are like opposite things. They, yeah, they are. They work against each other, but it's interesting how these two tangential things come together and like motivate yeah. success and go. Yep. Like nothing feels better than the validation of a really, really good round of golf. And that's what drives everything for me. Like the feeling you get after shooting a good round, nothing beats it. There's not like a single thing I've experienced in my life that feels better than a good round of golf feels. Especially when it's in like tough conditions and you beat a bunch of guys you know, when you beat guys that are better than you. Because that's the other thing in golf is like anyone can beat anyone on any given day. Yeah. Like so no, no division three college player will ever beat Djokovic in a tennis match. Right. But like, so just be, right. just because of yeah, just because of the variation you see in golf, like, like I've beaten dudes, like I beat a guy who won on Corn Ferry, which right. is like the minor league golf tour, and he's insane, obviously way better than me. But if we play a hundred times, I'll beat him two or three times. That right. doesn't happen in any other sport. Yeah, yeah, I actually beat you a couple times. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, well, once at Amherst Golf. You did. Remember when we were playing the, the duo with Ethan? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we and played. Ethan and I were doing a scramble versus you. Yeah, best ball. Now, granted, it was a team. Thing. Yeah, it was. It was. But he did beat me. We used my score for seven out of the nine holes. It was a close match. I'll give you that. I did not. De- I did not definitively was. beat you. That's for sure. Yeah, right. And that was the only time that ever happened. <laughs> It'll happen a lot. But things like if we race a hundred times, <laughs> like I'm never gonna beat you unless you have a stroke in the middle. Yeah, yeah. That's that's also why I like yeah. And to your point about how validating it is. I, so I heard people say this all the time, all the time, and I, I felt it. But my I felt it for like oh I broke ninety, yeah. oh I shot an eighty eight, and I just recently actually like shooting eighty two, doing three over on the back yeah. nine, what like one over through ten through seventeen. Like yeah. I'm telling you, I fell asleep thinking about this round the last four nights, and I, awesome. I, 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 there's nothing else in my life that I can say that. And the feeling when your last putt goes in on eighteen, because in golf. Your round can be going so well, so well, but you know there's just always a chance of a complete train wreck. Like, it is the, no sport defines, like, it's not over till it's over, more than golf. So that feels really good. When you have a good round going and you just have to hang the hell on till the very end, like, the relief you feel when you realize, all right, that final ball's in, like, I'm good, it's done, you shot the good round. Relief. Yeah, Yeah. elation. You know, one reason I've really enjoyed getting into golf recently it's because it's so humbling. Oh, God. It, it, like, you could go into a round, like, oh, like, I didn't do well on that test. Like, oh, <clears> I need to, I have so much stuff to do for work. Like, and also, like, I know I'm seeing this friend later today, and you have so many things. And then you get on a golf course, and you stand next to these massive 70-year-old oaks. Yeah. And you skull the ball six times. And it, it just, it, it, it re-ingrains in your head how small you are oh, yeah. and how yeah. large the world is and how, how trivial all the things you really think you care about are. Yeah. And it, it puts everything in perspective so beautifully, I think. And I've, I've, it's almost like therapy. Yeah. Hang on to that feeling because I will say it doesn't stick around forever. Like I still I really appreciate the beauty and the nature and the scenery, but like I could be in the most like heavenly setting playing golf 
But unless I'm hitting the ball okay and I'm playing well, all I'm thinking about is you've got a tournament coming up. And it's not, this is not a negative emotion. It's an emotion I like, but it definitely detracts from the taking it in. But however, nothing like second only to a killer tournament around in some tough conditions is the sunset nine holes yeah. with your buddies playing okay, golden hour, just whacking it around, seeing the birds chirp and little bunnies running across the fairway. That's a Garden City thing. We get that on Long Island. Yeah, we get the bunnies yeah, everywhere. Yeah, a ton of bunnies. Too. It's fun too. Having been at the course for six years, you see the bunny population increase and then the next year you say, hmm, we've got a lot of hawks this year. Really? And the next year, you're like, mm, where'd all the bunnies go? <laughs> and then it cycles, and then all the hawks go away, the bunnies come back. <laughs> so I get to see nature, man. I get to see the, the cycle of life. Um, we'll resume in a second. We'll make a break. This was episode one of three with Mark. In episode two, next week, we discuss music, the Amherst College golf team, and love versus loyalty.